Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Welcome back into OutKick 360, live from the old smoky Yeehaw studios here at 6th and Peabody in downtown Nashville. And we go from downtown Nashville to Southern California, Long Beach, to be specific. And that is where Nico Ia Maliava is with us right now. Five-star quarterback, recently committed to Tennessee. He's with us right now. Nico, I'd be lying if I said I didn't practice that last name about 15 times in the mirror before this interview. How did I do with that pronunciation? Man, you, you did pretty good there. You did pretty good. I, not perfect, but pretty good is all I'm going for uh, with, with the name. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, let, let's start with this. I kind of want to go into the personal and the, the football side of this. What was it about Josh Heupel and this staff, the offensive staff specifically, that, that you were drawn to throughout this process that eventually led to this commitment? Yeah, every, everything they talked about. Um, you know, I, I got to sit down with, with all three coaches and, and, and go through, go through what, they, what, they, what their uh, offense was about. And, uh, yeah, no, they basically broke down my film. They broke down uh, Handy Hooker's film. And, um, yeah, we got to see what, what he did, what they did with Handy Hooker, the, uh, the – his first year at Tennessee, uh, compared to his past two seasons at, um, I think it was Virginia Tech or or West Virginia. The Virginia, Virginia Tech, Tech, yeah, you got it right. Yeah, so yeah, no, just just them showing me um, how the offense works and, and you know what they've done with their past guys it was great for me to see. You know the 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 thing about Josh Heupel, at least the way he's described, is is someone who can work with any style of quarterback and build an offense around that quarterback. And the rep with you is that there's not a lot of building that needs to be done with your skill set that you'll fit into a lot of different offenses. Josh Heupel was a Heisman Trophy finalist as a quarterback and not the most physically gifted guy. In talking to Coach Heupel, does he talk a lot about his playing days and how he got the most out of his ability? And, and what's it like to talk to a guy who's done it at the position you're going to be playing in college? Yeah, it's definitely great. Um, it's good to get a, 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 some, some good experience from a national champ. Uh, he he doesn't go too far back on talking about his playing days. He does talk about him winning the championship, though. So um, you know, just him bringing that, bringing that, um, and how to win a championship over to Tennessee, I think is great for the program. In, in the football side of this, um, you know, when when Josh Heupel got to Tennessee, everyone knew he was a great offensive coach, and the big question mark was, can he recruit in the SEC at the level you need to recruit in order to win championships? And this first year showed that whatever Tennessee fans expected about the offense it was much better than expected. So from a football standpoint, when you see that level of production, Nico, and you're going into this, how much envisioning do you do of your role in that offense and different things you can do within a fast-paced offense like what, what Coach Heupel runs at Tennessee? I see a lot of good things. Uh, I see a lot of potential, potential in this offense. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it could go far, and I think with me – starting the 23 class off I think I could get some some other top guys in the class so 
yeah, man, I'm just glad I got, I got my commitment out of the way. And, uh, yeah, I'm happy. You have a big personality on social media. You have a huge following on social media. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of football players in this 23 class that you communicate with on social media. And once you get that big chip with the quarterback in a class, you can now help recruit other guys. What has that process been like for you in terms of reaching out to guys? Are there going to be some guys who are going to go on some visits with you to Knoxville in the upcoming weeks or months? It's been, it's been fun. I get to you know build new relationships with a lot of the top players in the class. A lot of players hit me after after I dropped my commitment. So uh, I think I think it's, it's gonna be, it's fun, man. Just just recruiting some guys and seeing how, how different personalities work and uh, from different you know parts of the country. So yeah, no, this this whole this whole process has been fun. Nico, I don't want to set the expectations too high, but the comparison to your announcement went back to 1994 when Peyton Manning announced for Tennessee, and that was a shock at the time. People thought he was going to go to Ole Miss. No one thought he was going to end up going and playing for Philip Fulmer uh, at Tennessee, and this is the biggest commitment, biggest recruit Tennessee's landed at the quarterback position since Peyton Manning. So a couple things. One, have you had a chance to talk to Peyton Manning yet uh, in any of your time in Knoxville or talk to him on the phone about anything? And two, what do you think when you hear the comparison of the day you committed with the day that Peyton Manning announced for Tennessee? Man, it's crazy because – that that's Peyton Manning, man. That's Peyton Manning. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm I'm excited, and um, yeah, I actually haven't met met Peyton yet. I'm on the phone with him. I look forward. Uh, I think you know next time I probably get back up to Knoxville, I'll meet him. But um, yeah, no, I look I look forward to meeting Peyton, man, and uh, you know learning new things, and and yeah. Have you have you had a chance to talk to him on the phone at all, or you haven't met or talked to him I'm yet not, at all? I've, I've not got gotten to talk to him at all, so. You know, I look, I look forward, you know, probably probably next visit or something. I have a feeling that's probably going to change for you uh, very soon. Nico Iamaleava is our guest here on Outkick 360. So NIL is a big discussion point uh, around college football, and it's a reality now uh, for top college football stars, for college basketball, for all athletes in college. Tennessee's got a passionate fan base, and I've long said Tennessee could be a sleeping giant in this department because – it's an enormous fan base that is starved for success, so they're highly motivated. What was the NIL education process like for you throughout this, Nico, in learning some of the things that could be a benefit at a place like Tennessee with that fan base, and just overall learning about NIL and how you can operate within that world? Yeah, I think Tennessee is a national brand um, that plays in the best conference. Um, I think, you know, the, the fan brace there is incredible. Um, you know, who wouldn't want to play in, in front of that, those crazy fans? But, uh, yeah, no, I think I think Tennessee, uh, Tennessee is just a great opportunity for me, you know, to grow my brand on and off the field. And, um, yeah, I look, I look forward to, you know, the, the opportunities. Who are some guys that, that you watch that you model your game after? Because it, one of my pet peeves is when, you know, us media types, we try to assign, okay, this quarterback yeah. is like this guy in the NFL. But I like to ask the prospect because you may watch someone that might be six feet tall. That's not six yeah. foot six that you model your game after. So who are some guys you really admire the way they play and you maybe take some things from their game and how they play the quarterback position? I watch, I watch, I watch every, every quarterback in the league and, and I, I pretty much, you know, take whatever I like and, and see if I can add it to my game, you know, just me being, you know, six, six. So 
I got, I think, you know, my, my favorite quarterback in the league right now is Josh Allen. I think, you know, he's, he's the best quarterback in the league. I love, him and him and Tom Brady are, I'd say, the two two guys I watch I watch most. And um, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers and Justin Herbert. I've been watching Justin Herbert a little bit more, um, just because he throws so effortlessly, so deep. So, and then, um, yeah, no, I, I think my comparison is just, I think Josh Allen really. So, well, and- you know the couple guys right there I watch. Well, Nico, I'm glad I asked you that because you gave me you know four different quarterbacks that are very different in style. Uh, with a lot yeah. of, especially from Josh Allen and Justin Herbert to Tom Brady uh, to Aaron Rodgers, uh, mobility is a, is a is a big part of your game at quarterback. Um, I feel like a lot of quarterbacks hate when you know they're termed a running quarterback. Let's say, but do you enjoy that part of your game, the ability to pick up some yards with your feet? I I know you're a pass first guy, but is that something that you enjoy within the game? I, I definitely something I enjoy. I think it's just you know feels like rugby again. I get to get to go out there and make guys miss. So um, I really I really only run though if I have to. Um, I'm really a you know pass first guy, but you know if I if I have to run, you know I love running the ball. Nico, I watched your volleyball highlight video, uh, and I was I was very impressed. And I'm always a fan of multi-sport athletes, especially at the quarterback position when they get into college or eventually the NFL. Uh, how did you come across volleyball? as a sport that you wanted to play and how has volleyball helped your overall game as a quarterback? Uh, I think it just, it just came in the family. Um, my whole family played, so it was, it was really easy to, you know, just come on me. Um, my older brother started off for the boys and then, you know, me and my little brother pretty much just picked off where he left at. And, uh, yeah, no, it definitely helps me with my quick twitch, you know, my feet work, all that. And, um, yeah, man, uh, I love volleyball too. So. So you've got obviously uh, you know another school year next year. Uh, you're transferring to Long Beach Poly, back to Long Beach Poly, I should say, uh, which is a, a traditional national power in high school football. Other than finishing out your high school career, what is next for you in terms of of Tennessee? Is it getting the recruiting going with some other guys in your class? I know you've got a visit coming up soon. Kind of take us through the itinerary of what these spring and summer months are going to be like. As you get ready for your football season, yeah, I'm a, I'm a recruiter now. <laughs> I'm gonna get on. I'm gonna get on. You know, a couple guys, man. Um, I'm locked in. So, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking looking forward to recruiting a lot of top twenty threes and, and, and top twenty fours. So, Nico, I appreciate the time, man. Uh, thanks so much for hopping on with us. I, I know you're busy right now with school and workouts and, and getting ready for yeah. your season, and you're getting <laughs> a lot of you're getting a lot of media interest right now. So. Appreciate you taking the time to hop on here with Outkick 360. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you, guys. That is Nico Ia Malayava, and he is uh, one of the top talents in America in high school football, and uh, Tennessee landed a big one at quarterback, and he is in the class of 2023. Big thanks to Nico for joining us here on Outkick 360 in this Outkick 360 exclusive, and we're going to be back with more. Dan Dockich is going to join us next. To talk some college hoops, this is Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the Roast of Tom Brady, 
live only on Netflix. I'll kick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody. Yeehaw beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. Great chat right there with Chad Withrow and Nico. Uh, straight business. I was surprised to learn that he had not chatted with Peyton Manning. Uh, I was shocked. I was uh, When asking that question, I was fully expecting uh, him to tell us that um, you know, they, they talk regularly, like they text with each other, um, that he at least talked to him on the phone before committing. But they have not spoken at all. So that's something he gets to look forward to. He said he thinks next time he visits that they're going to chat and what, have a chance to meet. What do we make of it in terms of um, an ask or a non-ask from, from, from the coaching staff? Well, uh, I mean, wouldn't you call them in at some point to help close the deal? Absolutely. I mean, I think that that will happen. You know, it could be um, – I didn't need them. Just give you a hypothetical. You know, if you're Peyton Manning and you spend a lot of time talking to Ty Simpson, for instance, and Ty Simpson ends up going to Alabama – and it's before the process of him committing, then maybe if you're Peyton Manning, you're telling Tennessee coaches, I'll talk to the kid when we get further down the line. If he's there for camps or playing, then we can work out together. But it's also, I think it's also a great, a great example of how the Peyton Mannings of the world aren't necessarily moving the recruiting needle anymore. It's cash. It's NIL. That's what moves. Yeah. That, that's why he committed. Well, and I'll also say this. Um, there's a lot of people saying, well, Tennessee bottom. Well, yeah, duh. Uh, that's <laughs> that's, that's yeah. everyone. You know, you think, name, <laughs> name any top player. Like, Texas A&M bought every single player they have uh, in this all-time recruiting class. That, that's the name of the game at the highest level in, in college recruiting. I mean, I don't know that they outbid, honestly. Uh, he still may have chosen Tennessee over equal money offers at other places. And he could have gone to Tennessee for that reason also. He may have simply gone to Tennessee because of the money. I, I don't know. Uh, he seemed to know a lot about the coaching staff and, and, and players on the roster and even talked about watching Hendon Hooker uh, at Virginia Tech before he got to Tennessee in some of his films. So um, I, I don't – we're past the point, guys, I think, of getting into this, oh, well, they're buying players. Well, yeah, that, that's, that's now legal. It's semantics. Right. The NCAA says you can't entice, you can't pay before they get there or say, we'll pay you if you come here, but it's semantics. If I pay you the money when you arrive on campus, you this is part of the pitch of from everyone. It may not be the pitch from the head coach, but the head coach is directing players to the proper people to talk about what they could make in NIL at every major program. Lane Kiffin talked a lot about this. Trey Wallace has a story... Uh, up at OutKick right now, and you know Kiffin is just very open and honest about it. He says, I know I got called a clown by a coach talking about Jimbo, Jimbo. Fisher for pointing out the obvious that we're now paying for players, but he says it. Well, it's, this is what we do now. Like I'm glad the kids can get a little bit of money you know, or make money on the, on the side with this also, but this is just where we are in recruiting. How much uh, – is there any – does it change your opinion on the fear of – the back out, like the, the commitment, but not the letter of intent. Well, I think it all just... Does it lessen it, or does it entice more, like I mean, more I, of that moving forward? I would forward? think that it would lessen the chance of it happening. Uh, if you've already agreed to something and have been working with someone on, on whatever the sum of money is, right. if you're a big-time prospect, I, I think that would lessen the 
likelihood of someone backing out or changing their decision before before signing I, I day. I think so too. Um, but I also think that it just really complicates everything. Um, it, it complicates relationships. It complicates relationships with player and coach. It complicates relationships with player and player and teammate that you're making a lot more money. I mean, you're, we're talking different tax brackets here for certain players on the roster as opposed to other kids who, who are – they get a scholarship, which is great, which is, you know, for years what you played for in high school to get a full ride, and that's just not enough for top-level guys anymore. So we don't know what all it's going to do. The same great players are going to some of the same great places in college football. You know, Tennessee has, uh, even in bad years, been a top 15 or 20 recruiting class annually. I think they're 10th right now, even after uh, Nico committed. So, you know, is it going to shift everything to one program or the other? I don't know. I mean, I think we see Texas A&M right now as an advantage with how they're handling it. Uh, Tennessee has clearly got their ducks in a row with what they're trying to do with an IL. So we'll see the impact of it, but it's going to take four or five years, like it does with anything, to fully understand the complications of this. And there are going to be some complicating matters for college coaches, for players, for teammates, for NIL collectives. There's going to be some tricky situations with 17-year-old kids uh, when they decide they don't want to go somewhere and they've already been paid money or promised money or something else is going on. Either way, it's a massive get for Josh Heupel and the Tennessee Vols uh, to get the five-star quarterback. Uh, we, from one quarterback hall to another, the Indianapolis Colts end up with Matt Ryan. We're going to preview the Sweet 16 first, though, with Dan Dockich of Outkick.com. Don't at me with Dan Dockich mornings across the Outkick network. Dan, it is always great to see you. Hope you're doing well And what has been a, another great week of headlines, both in college basketball and across the NFL. Yeah, we're all excited here, right? We got Matt Ryan. Everybody, you got to understand here in Indianapolis, every move that is made is the greatest move ever. <laughs> so, I mean, they, oh, they got cap space. Oh, they got draft. Great. Just win some freaking games. But apparently this is the latest and the greatest moves ever. I mean, I like it because I think Matt Ryan is a pro. I think he's a guy, you know, he walks around, he looks like a senator. He looks like a guy that's serious about his job and, you know, I, who knows what he's got left. He's told people that, you know, he plans on being here, you know, for a couple of years and I hope he's good enough to be here for a couple of years. So we'll see, but uh, yeah, good for the Colts. And let me ask you guys, is he the best quarterback in the division now? I think so. I, I would say yes. We, we had this hypothetical earlier, Dan, where we put, we just said hypothetically, if Ryan Tannehill was in that quarterback open market this year, where does he rank with all the guys? And I think I went Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield, uh, in that order. But I put Matt Ryan slightly ahead of Ryan Tannehill. Paul disagrees. I think it's, I think it's close, Dan. I, I, I would have put Ryan ahead, and then I talked to a couple high-ranking scouts who told me based on age and mobility, they give a slight edge to Tannehill, and so that had some sway with me. Dan, it's um, I don't know if, if Matt Ryan – makes certain mistakes, but I know Carson Wentz did. That's the difference in Indianapolis. Um, well, they're better and, for sure. And you know, case yeah. in point would be the, the Titans game there this year. Matt Ryan's not throwing that pick on the goal line and allowing the Titans to tie the game on an easy touchdown defensively, right? That, that he's, at worst, he's throwing the football away. That, that's how I sack. view the move. 
or taking a safety. But again, like yeah, he's not throwing the pick. You know, the, the thing about, and I think this is this is this is the unanswered question here in Indy is is like, okay, but this was your guy at Wentz, you know, and, yeah. and you brought him in. You're the quarterback whisperer. Everybody says you're the quarterback whisperer, greatest quarterback coach, and it didn't work. So hey, look, they know. I always say this: if you're not inside the building. I don't think you know. I'm not inside the building. I'm going to trust. But, you know, here we are again with a quarterback. Is he a Band-Aid? We'll see. But I have had – I talked to two guys, both uh, NFL scouts, that said, Dan, you're going to be shocked at how immobile uh, Matt Ryan is. Yeah. Like I was comparing to uh, uh, Philip Rivers. He goes, he's not quite that immobile, but he's close. Hey, look, just don't throw the ball to the other team and hit guys uh, in big moments and let's go. That's, you know, let's go. That's how I look at it. Considering this whole fiasco, if you will, uh, where they land is pretty good. I, I mean, in terms of the return they got for Wentz, in terms of who they wound up with, where they, they dealt Wentz and had no idea, I don't think, who, who the next guy was going to be. They come out of this whole thing without nearly the stink on them that they had. Yeah, and you know they, as a, you know, Paul, that's exactly right. Number one and number two, they got rid of a guy they didn't want. You know, they didn't have to keep a guy. I, I think it's interesting. You know, there's a lot of talk that even before the combine they were going to keep uh, Wentz, and this is the mystery. Like, what happened? You know what I mean? Like, I guess maybe they looked at the entirety of the quarterback market and the guys that you all just named, you know, maybe they are good enough. So you say, all right, uh, Chris Ballard understood that there was going to be a lot of guys available. So as he always says, just be patient, you know, just be patient and see how it comes out. You know, fans were like, well, what are you talking about? We, you know, this guy was 27 to 7. He's your guy, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, he knew that there were going to be a number of guys, and you mentioned them. You know, Jameis Winston, maybe Garoppolo you can add to that. I mean, you know, Mariota. So, all of a sudden, you know, he ends up with Ryan, whether it you can call it luck, patience, smarts, I don't know. But the bottom line is, frankly, as you guys know better than me, in the NFL, who cares? Just line up a team that's going to win and everything else don't matter, you know, in that league. In other leagues, hey, we're trying to build character in college, blah, 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 blah. But in the NFL, I don't care how you got the guy. Just make sure he's the right damn guy, right? I mean, that's how I look at it. Dan Dockich with us. Dan, Texas Tech-Duke, is that the best Sweet 16 matchup? If we're ranking the best games, is that the can't-miss game of the, the next two days? Uh, I'm going to say that one is really good, but I'm not mad at Houston, Arizona. Uh, I think I, I'm watching Arizona, man, and I'm like, wow. Like, look at these guys. Now, they're a little crazy, but that's all right. Houston, you watch them and you go, wow, look how tough these guys are. That's a hell of a match. I agree uh, with your matchup. <laughs> look, um, I all right, here's a betting tip of the day. You ready? This is being an old, fat, bald coach. <laughs> so St. Peter's ex-coach, St. Peter's is playing Purdue. It's only a 12-and-a-half-point spread. Purdue has a mountain masquerading as a man in Zach Eady. All of a sudden today, 
the best or the most dynamic shooter for St. Peter's signs an NIL deal with Buffaloes. My thought is double your bet on Purdue. <laughs> if you're in the middle, this is old, this is old yep. coach guy now. Yep. I'm not saying it's young hip millennial guy. I'm saying it's old coach guy. If you go from a man chip on the shoulder, we're going to show you all we can play. We beat Kentucky. We backed it up with a really good win against Murray State. And now you're playing against a team that physically is much better than you. And in the middle of it, you're worried about an NIL deal. Double your money, triple your money, and you're going to buy a new house, new business, go to Vegas. I don't care because that's the lock of the, of the, the freaking weekend right there. Well, Dan, I, I I love Shaheen Holloway and his swagger and confidence in these press conferences. Yeah. And when he said that thing about, you know, how do you question was how do you guys handle the physicality of these other teams that are more talented? He said, No, we we do that. We impose ourselves <laughs> physically. That we're 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 city kids. We're the ones who do that. But I, I sat there and I thought, I'm like, you got seven foot four Zach Eady, you got six foot eleven <laughs> Travion Williams, and I've got Purdue. We reseeded yesterday. I, I did. I've got Purdue as the second best team left in this tournament right now behind Gonzaga uh, from what I've seen. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Is this a Purdue team that you feel like could very easily win it all? Let me go to the first part. I listened to Holloway, and he was on my show, and I really liked him. I, I tried to recruit him to Indiana, kind of. Knight wasn't really going to have it. But I, one thing I've found about city guards, whether it's Detroit, New York, or Chicago, they're the biggest Complainers when it goes bad. Like, like I was here and I always made fun of guys like you guys from New York, you're tough as long as it's a front running deal. So I heard that and I'm like, really? Uh, I saw your team. I've seen Travion Williams. Travion Williams is built like your house. Uh, Zach Eady is built like your house and the garage. And Mason Gillis is built like the garage. I mean, these are dudes now. I mean, real dudes. So I know that, well, we're from the city. Uh, okay. Well, country boy is pretty strong, too. Not necessarily that those guys are from the country. But, yeah, Purdue can win it. I do think what you said about Gonzaga, though. Look, I'm watching the Memphis-Gonzaga game, and I got no dog in the fight, man. I, I didn't bet it. I just happened to watch it. I couldn't take my damn eyes off it. I thought it was such a great game. I thought Gonzaga was not going to allow itself to lose. I felt like Memphis wasn't going to allow itself to lose. I felt like if Memphis had played any other team, I don't care if it's Duke, North Carolina, you name the team, Arizona, I feel like Memphis would have won the game. That's why I'm with you on Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga is going to win it all. But I had from the get-go Purdue going uh, to the Final Four. I wouldn't change that. I think they're playing with a little desperation. I think this has been a disappointing season. They anticipated winning either the Big Ten or the Big Ten tournament. They haven't guarded as well as maybe they should. But I'll take Purdue and take my chances. Like I said, I got them going to the Final Four and losing to Gonzaga in the national or Gonzaga in the national semifinal. A lot of talk of size on this show today, so let's stick with it uh, with Gonzaga. Chet Holmgren, I feel like, is going to die every time someone boxes him out in a game. Um, I know he's great, and I've seen him play, and he's got a unique skill set at seven foot one. but I have not seen many guys as light and as thin as Chet Holmgren. Um, how does that play into his game? How does he 
Dan, how does he work around that to be as good as he's been at Gonzaga in this, what we all believe is a one-and-done year? Yeah, he's he's uber-skilled. He plays really well uh, not being the man. Like, I'll give you an example. Second half, I think there were two, maybe four, actually, plays where it was either Drew Timmy had the ball on the block and he found Holgrim, Holmgren for a bucket, or maybe it was Bolton or Nebhart who had the ball on penetration and, and Holmgren got behind him. He, he, like when I saw Anthony Davis, the Kentucky player in high school, he was skinny, right? But he had really broad shoulders and you're like, oh man, this dude's going to become huge. When I see Holmgren, I'm like, oh man, this guy's going to get beat up. And, but he plays, he's really smart. Like he finds the open spots where physicality doesn't affect him. And, you know, I forget who they lost to early in the year. Maybe it was Alabama. I think it was Alabama. I think he got knocked on the ground nine times. I don't think he understood the physicality, the strength of guys. Uh, because when you come out of high school and you're the number one player in the country, you're used to playing against other really good high school teams. But a 23-year-old is different than an 18-year-old. And I think he learned from that. I really do because I'm watching that, and I'm kind of thinking the same thing you guys are. When you really watch him, Timmy does all the, you know, I'm going against you, man, I'm against man thing on the block. And Holmgren, he kind of finds his way around. He's a very good shooter, really has terrific court vision, but he just knows where to go and playing off his teammates. And it's fascinating to watch. And, again, it's another one of the reasons I think Gonzaga is the best basketball team in this league or in this tournament. So you've got Bulldogs and Boilermakers on, on one side. Who, uh, who on the other? Well, I'm so dumb. Uh, for the only first time in my life, uh, I never, ever, I always say Iowa is going to Iowa. I don't give a damn how good they are. And this goes back to 1987. I don't care how good they are. They're going to screw it up. But this is the first time I ever believed in them. Fran wasn't going Fran Con all red. I liked their team. They passed it. They were tough. And, oh, by the way, they got their ass beat in the first round by Richmond. So that's out. Everybody that I have basically going except for Kansas is out. I got Kansas uh, going on one side. But I'll tell you this. Providence is a bunch of bad boys, man. They're old dudes. I mean old. Like five of their eight are either fifth-year or sixth-year seniors. They got a kid from Indiana, L. Durham, who's just a mature dude who's made him really good. The other side, man, do I like Villanova, but I don't think Arizona's going to be beat. I think Arizona's going to go to the Final Four. I tell young coaches, like I always, you know, because, like, again, I'm old, I'm fat, and I'm a little bit, I guess, crazy, so people reach out to me about stuff. I tell young coaches two things. I say, nod your head, three things. Shut up. Number one, nobody wants to hear a young coach ever. Number two, just nod your head and go, yeah, uh-huh. And number three, watch every move Villanova makes because it's the best coach team in this tournament. They don't make mistakes. They get it inside. They get good shots. They go bet good, better, best. Good shot. Nope, I'm going to get it to you better. Nope, best. They're fascinating, but I do think Arizona has too much. I just think they have too much, too many athletes. And I think they'll beat Villanova to go to the uh, Final Four. Dan Dockett's with us, host of Don't At Me across the Outkick Network mornings, 9 to 11 Eastern. Uh, Dan, better chance to knock off a one seed in the Sweet 16, Providence over Kansas or Houston over Arizona? Great question. Uh, I'm going to say Houston because uh, Houston is playing really well. But having said that, 
Uh, I'll give both of them a 40 to 45% chance. Look, I think Providence, as I just said, is terrific. Here's my thing with Houston. And this is, you know, I went down, they asked me to do for Westwood one. I went down and did the Houston Memphis game for radio. And it was 30, it was a 37 game winning streak for Houston. I think it was the longest in the country, maybe second longest to Gonzaga. Memphis comes in, right? Memphis is rolling a little bit, but hey, it's at Houston. Calvin Murphy's getting the crowd pumped up. He's 70 years old. He's wearing all leather, gold chains. I mean, he looked beautiful, magnificent, just like an aging porn star. But anyway, Houston, Houston was up five, and Memphis said, screw this. I think Memphis ended up winning the game maybe by seven, or maybe it was double digits. I came away thinking, I don't like Houston that much. Then I watched them this past weekend, and I'm like, wait a second. I like Houston a lot. I'm not in love with Illinois, but Houston beat them double digits. I think I think both have a really good shot. I don't think it's over 50%, but I think both of those teams, uh, I'm not betting against. Let me put it to you that way. I'm going to watch the game and see how the game goes before I think about doing anything with those two games. There's going to be good games, really good. I know how you feel about Villanova, so maybe this is uh, equates to the answer. But based on matchup and just moving forward, are you buying more of North Carolina or Michigan? Ooh, I'm buying more North Carolina. Uh, I'll tell you why. Uh, four guys that can go get 20 at Duke sold me on them. Look, I know that they got beat in the conference tournament. I know that you know they didn't play as well against Virginia Tech. But here, here's what I think is cool, and I've, I've said this many times. So often in college basketball, we talk about the ancillary things, the NIL, recruiting, who's cheating, Will Wade, those kind of things. But the core of college basketball is that Baylor-North Carolina game. you got the number one team, the defending champs, getting their brains beat out. And here's North Carolina, you know, a program that, that has great history. And Hubert Davis said it after the game, look, you put that Carolina jersey on, hey, we expect you to do special things. Well, Baylor comes back from 25 down. I don't care if Brady Manick gets kicked out. It's 25 with 10 minutes to go. They get a tie. They're in overtime. I'm telling you, I've been both ways in these huddles going into overtime. I've been the team that made the comeback, and, man, you're jacked, right? I've been the team that got comeback on, and you got to rally everyone. Let's go. North Carolina showed to me blue blood heart by taking out uh, Baylor in that overtime. Baylor showed me the heart of the champion by getting it to overtime. But I got to tell you, man, I think North Carolina got a real shot here. I don't think I, – I just don't think that uh, Michigan is good enough, not quite good enough to beat Villanova. You got to be really good at the point guard spot. You got to be really good on the wings. I think they're good, obviously, but I don't think they're quite good enough. So I would give a better uh, a better advantage to uh, North Carolina. I think they're playing really well. Dan, you interviewed Lamont Paris, uh, former UTC coach who's now at South Carolina. Um, the South Carolina coaching search, as far as SEC searches go, the one that got some negative press, some guys turned them down. Apparently, it was a bit of a mess at times. How often does that happen when a school? fires a very well-liked coach like Frank Martin, where it then becomes more difficult to hire the next guy? And secondly, how do you think Lamont Paris is going to do at South Carolina? Well, I, I because you pay so much and there's so few of these jobs, 
it's rare that somebody, hey, look, this is my friend, you fired him, or this is a really good guy. It's just rare. You know, coaches always think, a lot like players, they always think that, hey, look, we can solve it. Like, I, I know that Frank was great, and he went to the Final Four, but but here's what I do, so I'm better. That's, that's coaches thinking. It's exactly like, you know, players. It, it, you just think that way. So it's really rare that somebody says, you know what? Man, I, I'm working at, I don't know, Samford. They're offering me the U, uh, South uh, South Carolina job. Yeah, I'm not taking it because, well, no, it's $3.5 million or whatever the hell it is. That's pretty good. <laughs> hey, look, I know. I like Frank Martin, too. Uh, he's a friend of mine. But if they offer me $4 million to go <laughs> coach South Carolina, hey, Frank, man, I'll send you some ribs. I'll send you something in the mail. I'll send you uh, – uh, I'll, I'll go to Portillo's hot dogs. I'll send you a care package, bro. But so that's that. It doesn't happen that often. I think Lamont Paris, I said this on my show. I said this on Twitter. I've always thought the world of him. I knew him when he was an assistant uh, in the Mac when I was coaching at Bowling Green and he was at Akron. I knew him when he was an assistant with Wisconsin and he is one of the best dudes in college basketball. Now, Hey, let's be honest. SEC, man. That's some muddy waters right there. You got some dudes in that league that are that are going to coach him up, figure out how to get players, spend some money. I think he'll do fine. Uh, I don't know, though. Uh, I think he's great. I would love to see him in the Big Ten. I think that's a better fit for him. But you know what? He knows what he's doing far better than I know what he's doing. I think he's a, one of the – I swear to you, one of the best dudes, smartest coaches – that there is. And I'm looking forward to seeing how he's doing. Cause I said, he will be the star. He will be the guy that people want to get after I saw his Chattanooga team play in the uh, conference final. Do I have this correctly that you somehow met the former secretary of state, Madeline Albright, who recently passed away, not at a Chili's, but in Chile. Yeah. <laughs> how yeah. did they let you anywhere near her? <laughs> it's a great question. It's a very good question. Uh, I took my team at Bowling Green to Chile. Everybody goes to Europe, right? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to go to Europe. Hell, half my team played in Europe. So I found this trip to Chile, and Greg Marshall had taken his team. And so I'm like, all right, we'll go to Chile. Chile's awesome, by I've the way. I've been there. I've been to Santiago. You, that's like New York, right? Yeah. It's beautiful. It's incredible. With with, I love Santiago. Why have you been to Santiago? What are you doing? One of my best friends from college got married in Greece during football season. I couldn't make it. And then he worked, for Col- he worked for Colgate Palmolive, and he was assigned to Santiago, Chile. And so to make it up to he and his wife, another friend of mine, I went to visit them down there outside of football season. Oh, did you like it? Yeah, I had a great time. And I also went to Buenos Aires on my way home, which was even better. Well, my wife's over here working out, but I always said if I got remarried, (laughs) it was going to be someone from Chile or something. (laughs) Or from uh, from Buenos Aires. (laughs) Hey, I don't know. We were in a restaurant. The people running the tournament, it was was really well run. We we go to this restaurant. They take us down into the cellar. And I'm like, man, what's all these cars and, you know, black suburban? You know, I go, well, Madeline Albright, the, uh, well, she's secretary of state. Yep. So I go upstairs to go to the bathroom. And I saw a guy who wasn't a Secret Service guy. I introduced myself. I said, you know, we're in a foreign country. I said, I would love to meet 
you know, Ms. Albright, come on. So they, you know, hi, I'm Dan Dockage. We're here with Bowling Green, and, you know, only Americans, you know, because it's not really, I mean, you, you know it, Paul, it's not really an American destination, should be, but it's not. I mean, it wasn't like I had an audience for 20 minutes. Hey, Dan, how are you? Uh, how's your team? You know, not how's your team, but why are you guys here? And I told her, I, you know, I thought it'd be unique to go to Chile. Kids may never have that opportunity. And she was great. She was really, really great. She was That's very awesome. nice. Always. She doesn't a- look very nice, right? She looked, <laughs> she looked I mean. was intimidated because I always thought she looked mean, but she was very, very nice. Would have been great if she said, I loved your work against Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I had money hey, on that coach, game. Thank you. you. Coach, what the, yeah, coach, what the hell? You were playing in the MAC championship. You got your ass beat. You cost me some cash. What are you doing, coach? That would have been, that would have been awesome. Dan, you're always awesome. We appreciate you as always. Always a great story at the end of our chats. And uh, we're going to take your advice on the Sweet 16. We'll, we'll regroup after the weekend. Thanks. I'm telling, if you bet one thing, one thing, take Purdue. Already done. See you guys. Double the spread. Dan Dockich, don't at me with Dan Dockich, weekdays across the Outkick Network. We are back. We've had a five-star recruit, five-star guest right there in Dan Dockich. Five-star review from Chad Withrow next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming up in eight minutes, Deshaun Watson and the new look NFL, or maybe we're headed that direction. That's coming up at 4 o'clock Central Time, 5 o'clock in the East. Right now, though, a five-star review following the five-star quarterback commitment chat that Chad had with uh, uh, Nico. We've now got a five-star review of the latest film. The Batman is what I saw last night. A little bit late to the game for a lot of people who rushed out to see it opening weekend or, or early on in its run. In By the way, this is, the, this is a non-spoiler review for those wondering. Listen, Yeah, I'm not going to. So pre- in the end. Uh, <laughs> yeah, non-spoiler review. When he I died, would never do that. I want to yeah. clarify. Yeah, not non-spoiler. Uh, I went into this movie believing that I would like it based on things that I saw and read in the trailer that I saw. Uh, but I was also very skeptical that it would measure up to Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy. I leave the movie saying, better than I expected, and it's probably second only to The Dark Knight. I would even put it ahead of Batman Begins and The Dark Knight Rises. It's tough to touch The Dark Knight in Heath Ledger as Joker, but this movie is very well cast. Robert Pattinson, when I heard the announcement, I'm thinking this is going to be another terrible DC Comics adaptation of something. It worked. And I don't know if it worked because you see very little of Bruce Wayne in this film. It's way more Batman. There's only a couple of times you really see Bruce Wayne out in the wild in public, and it's a very subdued performance of Bruce Wayne, and it's a very dark and somber type character that they get into over the course of the movie. Um, I thought Paul Dano as the Riddler was brilliant. Um, You see, if you go into it knowing that the major inspiration for Matt Reeves, the director, is David Fincher, and the movie Seven and Zodiac, that explains a lot of the movie. Someone said this to me when I, I tweeted about it last night, and I agree with it. 
They said it would have been a great movie if you take Batman out of it completely. And that's not a knock at Robert Pattinson and Batman. It's a great crime, procedural, whodunit, suspense, slash horror at times type movie, even if there's no suit and no Batmobile. If it's just Bruce Wayne working the case with Gotham PD and soon-to-be Commissioner Gordon, it's still a really good movie. I think it worked on all levels. Colin Farrell as Penguin um, is unrecognizable. Like, even his eyes. I kept watching. I could not hear a bit of Colin Farrell. I couldn't see it in his eyes. Amazing transformation. Uh, Zoe Kravitz, his Catwoman, was really good. Um, really, really enjoyed it. So I highly recommend it. Are we going one through five stars on this, Hutton? Yes. I'll go four and a half stars. Nice. Not a full nice. five, but four, four that, and a half that stars. That falls that in line stuff. with the typical review that I've seen. It's, three, it's almost three hours. And I will say, it, it doesn't feel like you're sitting there for three hours. But when you get to the end of the movie, you feel like the movie's about to end about four separate times. And then you start to think back and say, boy, that was a long time ago this happened. <laughs> it's one of those where you look, think back to the start of the movie and think, that was a long time ago. I've been here for a long time watching this. Uh, but well worth it. Highly recommend to go see it. Nice. It's, it's one of the rare movies I'll go see in, in the theater now. I'm not going to the movies that often. This one you should make an exception for. How's that? I look forward to seeing it in I'm my your, home. I'm your That's Roger endorsement on this show. It's a great endorsement. Go see it. Uh, and if you've missed our interview... With Rob Pattinson. <laughs> with, yeah, with Rob Pattinson. Or uh, with uh, any five-star recruit. We've got it for you. YouTube channel and on Twitter. And hit the podcast. But when we come back, we discuss Deshaun Watson and what could be the new NFL.